what up welcome back to another episode here on what's the word entertainment happy fourth of july happy independence day to all god bless america and all that what's going on people welcome back so happy to be here with you once again of course i'm one half of your host sherm got my co-host and partner in crime old bed what's going on with you man it's been a while since we've been, been on the air huh it has been in waiting i tell you it's been a long time so happy to be back to the airwaves happy to see you again sherman how you living over there yeah, man, you know, like I said before, chilling like a villain on penicillin, you know, out here living in life in sunny Florida, you know, enjoying this beautiful holiday that we have here. Got a day off tomorrow, which is nice, <laughs> you know. Nice. So, yeah, 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 I'm going to be you're going to be enjoying some barbecues today, Obed. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm looking to see, I want to see who's going to do the fancy barbecue. They got the Topo Chico, right? The They bought the Whole Foods guacamole. I'm going to spend some money. <laughs> okay yeah i feel you man yeah maybe myself might hop in the pool over here or something we'll see what's up but yeah man definitely glad to be back on it's been a while since we've been out here folks but we're happy to be here with you once once again glad for you to tune in so let's just get into it obed um first up i wanted to kind of talk about a i guess a random topic not nothing necessarily about one sport related but a colleague and, and i were kind of talking about this several weeks back about uh, role models and public figures and things like that. And it was some instance in the news and forgive me, I can't recall what exactly what it was, but really wanted to ask the question, do you think professional athletes or any public figures are considered role models and, or do they kind of automatically put themselves out for that position when they become this, this public figure? Uh, I will say that athletes are, well, professional athletes are not role models. But I would say that professional athletes are public figures. A lot of times you find out about who these individuals are because of a spectacular play they made or a championship they won. Uh, and I think this also is a testament to generations before us who oftentimes would highlight those individuals as something to strive for, look at, be at, even though they weren't the best people, right? Like you can see the um, you know, Frank Tarkentons of the game on the field playing spirited. Do you really want to be emulating him smoking cigarettes and drinking in the locker room, you know, like right. shake mm -hmm. the snakes, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I will say that they will always have the eyes on them. And because you have the eyes on them, whatever they do ends up getting out there. The question is, how do you use it, right? Are you like Hayden Hurst, who isn't, you know, a star in the NFL? He's a well-known player, uh, tight end for uh, formerly the Ravens and now for the Falcons, who has a mental health awareness nonprofit, mm -hmm. right? Is trying to bring light to that, you know? And then there are guys like Juju Smith-Schuster who are just making TikTok dances and not <laughs> performing on the field. You know, these individuals decide right. to do what they want with their fame. Because I feel like some athletes most, you know, always kind of not, not, not always, I should say it. some athletes kind of act the fool off the field or off the court or out of the arena, whatever the case may be is, you know, and, and the news outlets and media are looking upon them like, yo, you're just, you're not living, you're not, you're not uh, portraying the best image and things like that. So they always have to worry, most athletes, personal athletes, especially, you know, and even public, other public figures and celebrities have to worry about their image, you know, how that's being portrayed out there because people, some people do look, look up to them. So that's why I don't know, I wouldn't say they automatically fall into that category as a role model, but they have to realize that they, they are though, I mean, to kind of counteract what you were saying, I feel like they are, they are, they can be role models. A lot of people look up to these athletes. Hell, look at me, dude. I was one of the biggest, I'm the biggest, one of the biggest Michael Jordan fans there is. I was looking up to him as a kid, you know what I mean? But now I didn't try to live my life like him, but when I was young playing ball, I wanted to be like him on the court, of course. But some kids these days, and even, even not even just kids, even the older, older adults, you know, 
and kind of try to emulate some of these stars and some of these celebrities and some of these athletes, you know what I mean? So I think they have to be mindful of that when they're out here in their seat. Now, it kind of stinks that, you know, they have to always have to kind of be on their P's and Q's whenever they're doing stuff, even if it's on their day off and all they're chilling, they're chilling with their families, they're chilling with you know, their, their boys, their friends, their girlfriends, whatever, things like that, you know, the girls night out or dudes night out, whatever the case may be is. But, you know, it's just the fact that they have to realize it, but I don't think it, they automatically put themselves in that position because if, if, if somebody comes out and says, you know what, dude, I'm just here to play ball. Uh, I'm not at all modeling like that. No, that's on him. That's all. But he has the right to say that and right to be that's, that's fine, dude. That's fine. You know, no one has to look up to that person. You know what I mean? And because if it's known like that, yeah. he's he's just out there in the streets doing whatever he wants to do. Let him. That's what he wants to do. That doesn't mean he is a role model. But I think yeah. they, they need to understand that they can yeah. be portrayed as such. Yeah, that's the that's the the uh, Dennis Rodman argument, right? Like just living his life, doing whatever he wants to do, but the you know getting married to yourself wearing a dress you know uh, uh going mm. on benders and mm. disappearing from your job when <laughs> you're in the heat of a, a playoff hunt you know what i mean like <laughs> right it's, right it's those are he's living his best life and being true yes. to himself mm. but that's not something you want to look up to or something and and he's he's fine with it right some right. people are fine with it yeah, they are. and they are. They all they just you know what I mean. Guys, look at Marshawn Lynch. He's just here so he won't get fined. You know what I mean. He's not yeah. here. I hate to do yeah. all this, all the extra nonsense. You know about that action, boss. Exactly. About that action. Yeah, trying to get the yeah. beast mode. Exactly. Yep. yep. Yeah, I don't, I don't, which is understandable. I get that, man. Let's move along a little bit. Let's go talk about the NCAA, one of our, one of my least favorite topics. Um, well, not topics, but I would say organizations, I would say. So a couple of weeks back, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of compensating uh, NCAA athletes, which I long believe, and I believe you agree that they should. So it finally came down the other day that the NCAA will allow athletes to benefit and uh, incur um, compensation for their name images and likeness so i think this has been a long long time coming Obed. i mean yeah. this goes back to years and years and years heck you can put it back to you know we didn't have we they stopped making ncaa football video the video game you know what i mean yeah. because people were because the athletes were regular these college athletes were mad because they weren't getting compensated for yeah. using their likeness because we all knew dude we all knew who who the quarterback was on usc we all knew who that running back was on miami it's like dude come on you know what i mean so i think it's about time i think it's a step in the right direction now the schools are still not going to be paying the athletes as we all know the schools make millions and millions of dollars off of these kids so why not let them get something from it because we all know some of these schools like like my school like penn state for example the the money that the football program brings in pays for every other sport in the damn school think i mean you know what i mean they make yeah, millions of dollars right exactly it's a money maker dude and i just think it's about time that they allowed this to happen let these kids do what they need to do to bring you an extra bread you know and i, I mean would you agree that it's and it, it is a step in the right direction. I would agree it's a step in the right direction, 100% with everything you said on all points there. Um, it is a travesty that these children were not being paid. The, the you know, I think that this was huge. This is a unanimous decision, right? Most of the decisions, there's some dissent. Dissent means that all of the Supreme Court judges were not in favor of this, right? It's usually like six to three, five to four, right? Like there is somebody who says, well, in the alternative, every single Supreme Court justice said that the NCAA is robbing children of money and profiting off of them, right? Yes. So, you know, like it's, it's indisputable. And this even hits 
uh, to those who had the audacity to call them student athletes. Oh, well, they're getting an education. You're in the business of slavery. That's what you're in. Mm. If you're out here, nobody, again, I used the same example before. If I am the head coach of the Alabama Rolling Tide and I go into my, you know, five-star D tackles off a, a dorm room and he's reading his earth science book, he can get the hell off my team because you're not here to read books. You're not here to do earth science. You're here to play football. You're Facts. here to... You're here to uh, help the NCAA generate $18.9 billion of revenue in 2019. You are not here to learn. You're here to make money. Mm-hmm. $8.3 billion of which uh, 44% had to be subsidized by other sources at schools across the association, uh, like institutional support and student fees. So somehow you're still making, you're making about $10.6 billion and still asking for money from the schools and the students. What is that about? <laughs> what are you out of your mind? Yeah. Come up off those dollars. Come up the off those dollars. NCAA wants to be a bigger and better and above all and not bow down to anyone. And I think Paul Feinbaum of ESPN said it the other day, the NCAA is worthless at this point. Okay. Um, it's just, they just want to be this big, huge conglomerate and just, just, just run the things how whatever they want to run, you know what I mean? And they don't care who kind of gets in the way. They want to profit off of these kids no matter what. And it's ridiculous. You just mentioned the billions of, excuse me, and the billions and billions of dollars that these schools bring in and the NCAA brings in. And off of these kids, you know what I mean? Think about it. You said it. In Alabama, no one goes to Alabama to just go to Alabama. No, because they're going there to watch them football games every Saturday in the afternoon and Saturday mm-hmm. night and watch their team bringing home Roman LA championship, dude. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? No one's, you know what I mean? Like it's the structure of colleges. And, and this is just from an immigrant's point of view, as somebody who's watched the way that, that these moves make when I was going through the educational system, people are not going to the university of Alabama for, you know, Sterling, educational pursuits people are not there are people aren't going to miami to go to school and be in a classroom like but and they're going there for sports they're going there to watch acc big 10 big 12 uh uh, pac 12 football people are going Mm -hmm. to college for football Mm -hmm. either to watch it or to play it right and these student athletes no they're they're athlete students because semi-professional athletes i don't even say students because we don't care if they get a degree or not they leave school without a degree Right. Look at they still, they still go to the pros. Right. Look at the look at look at college basketball. They can one and done. That's the one of the biggest things out there. It's one and done. They go for don't and they're and most of these kids are going for the one year because they have to because they the N, to. because the NBA yes. took away the policy that you couldn't come straight out of high school. You had to be out of high school for at least for one year. So these kids we got to share right. the money with them. We got to give them some money. We got too many ties between the NCAA and and basketball that like we mm-hmm. they, that we don't want to hurt their product in the tourney in the March Madness because we are taking all their stars because mm-hmm. if they could just Luka Doncic and just come to the come to the pros. Every single one of those kids would. Dude, 100%, bro. 100%, dude. I mean, like I said, some of these now, everyone who just goes straight from high school to the NBA doesn't always make it. Obviously, we all know that probably one of the biggest busts in history was Kwame Brown uh, being drafted number one overall while the Washington Wizards. You know what I mean? But look at the guys like, look at LeBron James. Look at Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. 
Kevin Garnett's Kevin Garnett, you know what I mean? Tracy McGrady, you know, so it does work, but it doesn't always work. I will give them that. But the fact that they're making them go just for one year, wherever that's, that's that's why they're doing it. So they're there, they are there, not there to get that education. We all know that everyone knows that now, should they go get an education? Of course, why not? But we know they are there to play ball for that one year and get the hell out. Even in football, you have to be out for three years before you go to the, before you go to the NFL. Some of these kids are coming, Trevor Lawrence and the one overall, pick at Clemson from Clemson the Jacksonville Jaguars three years he was out done because that's the minimum yeah and, 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 and he's crazy to me okay sorry good sorry what's crazy to me is that there are people who don't even play a full requisite three years now getting like like the story of Trey Lance Trey Lance played like 18 games total <laughs> play like one game his first year 16 games the next year and then like two one game the year after he well, didn't even like last year because it was a covid right right last right, year because of still. covid and i think that, but, but still but still so. it's still counted to his three mm-hmm. years and he's out like mm-hmm. these dudes only this is again this is them trying to keep afloat these other individual to me bottom feeder blood suckers bottom feeder blood suckers you know mm-hmm. you the system that these kids come through to and you know trade their life for this success is teeming with leeches of coaches of small Smaller, smaller programs trying to get a little money before the kid moves on right and it's this aau is 100 percent like that <laughs> right yeah it's just it's i just think like i said it's a step in the right direction i think at some point the schools will offer compensation to the athletes at some at some point i mean but going back look at these schools they kind of want to control everything going back to even look at what reggie bush um he was in the news recently talking about how he wants his heisman trophy back and there's a hundred percent in my eyes, he should get that trophy back. He was penalized and the school was even penalized because him and his family took benefits off the side. They got they like where, where they lived, they got a house, they got some compensation, some things. How, tell me how that affected his physical ability to play the game of football. You know how it affected it, Obed? In no way, shape or form. That's how it affected it, okay? It's, it's not to say he was taking steroids or some sort of performance enhancing drugs. Okay, that I understand that it affects his physical abilities. But the fact that his his fam's got a crib to stay in did not affect the way he played the game of football on the field. You know, Sorry. What? I'm, I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you, Sherman. I'm going to disagree with you because the people who know this are know this well. You always a flower will blossom if you have the right conditions, right? You can you can always maximize when when you're homeless, you have problems. If you have a home, you have a place you can go back to. You have shelter. There's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? You got to have shelter. Then you can start climbing that ladder up to the other things to get to self-actualization to be the best you. Maybe Reggie Bush couldn't have been the best him without his parents and family being taken care of. Maybe not having the mental stress of thinking, damn, I'm so good at this game. Coaches make money off of me every day, but I don't get anything out of this. Right. And it's weighing on my head every day. I can't hit that hole any harder, but I could if I had a clarity of mind because I didn't have to worry about all the other stuff. Right. And if you were just paying me, I would be fine. I, I respect your opinion, no bad, but I'm good. Like I said, I'm still going to, I'm still on that tip. It doesn't, I'm sorry. I don't think it does at all. Like I said, that's your opinion. Of course, you're entitled to that. Of course, we can just absolutely 100% disagree on this. But dude, I'm telling you, dude, there's no way he was out there on the field and he performed every single moment in that 2000 was it 2004 2005 season um two seasons back to back yeah yeah and um and he won that Heisman Trophy USC got all their stats stripping away in that including that championship which I think is just appalling 
Um, they all performed, and I think he should get his Heisman Trophy back. And USC need to get need to get their record records back. And there's no reason why. I, like I said, I understand your point of view, Obed, but I'm gonna I'm still gonna disagree. You know, it's just it's just it's again it's the NCAA. Even though it is the Heisman Heisman Trophy Trust that eventually that took the trophy away from him, it's the NCAA's um, I guess influence. That, yeah. that that's what that's what that what did this okay yeah, you, you see how deep-seated it is right like mm-hmm. the trust that has nothing to do with the NCAA they come forth and they say this is who we thought was the best no you're definitely in bed with them because they said we should do this and you agreed exactly right? you yeah. know and I I'm just making a dissent just for the yeah the, the audacity of the dissent mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. didn't pay him enough none of these kids got paid enough because yeah. coaches are making millions a year oh stu- schools are bringing in billions a year mm-hmm. and you the kid can't be found there there were some some football players that went to the University of Tennessee that stuck up a corner store because they needed money immediately and they were wearing their Tennessee volunteer stuff. You couldn't not know that they played for the team, right? Mm. That's mm. how bad the situation is. Those kids are probably fantastic athletes, but they're struggling without money and it's a, at the end of the day you're always going to struggle in America without money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean you're not wrong on that point all better. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you know I guess Wu Tang said it bet cash rules everything around me, you know. Kareem, get the money. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Let's move it along a little bit. Let's talk about quickly. Let's get into the NBA. Um, been some wild playoffs so far. Lakers got eliminated first round. Clippers just lost. You know, um, the Brooklyn Nets was probably probably the favorite coming out. They were eliminated by the Bucks, but although be it injuries plagued them, you know, with Kyrie was out. Harden was missed a few games. So I will not kind of, I will still won't completely hold that against them, but man, we got a, we got a decent, I said, I would say a somewhat decent finals matchup coming up between Phoenix and Milwaukee, but I'm honestly going to say this is probably one of the weaker matchups in the finals we've had in a long time. Can you name me one Phoenix Suns or Milwaukee Bucks fan that you know, personally, Obed? Um, Hmm. Um, no. Okay. So I think this will be the least watched NBA finals in a very, very long time. Probably, I don't know, maybe going back to maybe Detroit, San Antonio, something like that. Maybe. Oh my God. I mean, it was, it was good basketball, but those markets are so small and out there that just like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm glad that like 10 million people in Detroit are excited about this finals. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And that's fine. Like, yeah, Detroit is a major city, but the market just for basketball, it's not as big as, you know, like an LA team, right? You know, an LA, a New York, a, a, you know, Florida. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, and honestly, when I look at this, uh, this matchup, I'm kind of amazed that this is what we ended up with. Really, this is this playoffs has been the story of uh, injury and poor play, right? If, yeah. if we have... <laughs> If we can get a Ben Simmons that's willing to take a shot or shoot it or, or try to get a dunk underneath the basket, I mean, maybe we have uh, a better semifinals, uh, uh, you know, matchup between Philadelphia and Milwaukee, right? Mm-hmm. I just, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, and it's Philly, like, you know, Trey, yeah, yeah, Philly and Atlanta, excuse me, yeah, Trey Young getting injured, you know, stepping yeah. on the foot of a ref. I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy but the difference of those injuries changes the, the perception oh, of 100 percent. even even what the lakers do you know ad getting hurt you know that changed it for them too so granted i yeah. get that so injuries happen if every team was at 100 percent, it would be a completely different ball game obviously 
uh, completely different scenario. I don't think I don't think we'd have these teams. Quite frankly, look at the Cleveland, the Clippers. I don't think Phoenix would have gotten past uh, the Clippers with if Kawhi Leonard was healthy and he, he was playing. He didn't play at all. That's crazy. That to me was crazy. They tore his ACL. But you know, again, I I think it speaks to how injured this man really is, and that he's now getting all of these secondary injuries tertiary injuries off of the initial injury to his leg so you know i mm. i i'm not going to say his career is going to be sh- cut short but this was a guy who already wasn't playing you know 75 percent of the games in a season anyway you know so mm. what what could his future look like what happens when Kawhi leonard only plays 50 percent of the season right you know? I'm, w- I'm wondering what this team looks like i'm wondering if Kawhi leonard or the clippers maybe move on from Kawhi leonard at this point you know that's I, what, I, that's what i'm kind of wondering too to be honest with you i think they do i think i don't think it's damaged goods but i don't think that they got the player they expected um i could see him in another jersey next year just knowing what what his numbers are what they're paying him okay so just looking quickly at the like the finals matchup between phoenix and milwaukee uh milwaukee you know Giannis has been banged up missed the past few games and they were still able to get by, by atlanta but um devin booker he's a star in, in the phoenix chris paul has been playing so well look at i mean really this is this is this is the difference for the phoenix suns you know acquiring chris paul this offseason and um really elevating that team, you know, you have having that veteran leadership because really they pretty much had the same squad, you know, but having this guy in there, I think really changed the dynamic of this franchise. Now he's in his first NBA finals. Giannis is in his first NBA finals, you know, the two-time MVP, but man, Phoenix, Milwaukee, I just think being that Giannis is kind of hurt and banked up. And I think Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, I think is a, better duo than Giannis and Chris Middleton and because if you throw in Chris Paul with Phoenix that's the difference so for this one I'm gonna say Phoenix in six as the winner I'm going Phoenix Suns in six over the Milwaukee Bucks what's your take on that who do you who do you got winning this and how many games um and uh I mean tell me who do you who do you think in it I, I, I would agree with you but I will I will say that the Phoenix Suns could win this game and this season the series in five games Honestly, I mean, I, I really, yeah, I just, they can play small ball and they can play speed. Now, you know, I think that Milwaukee, I can't count them out. Chris Middleton looks like he's, he's one of the stars of this league and wants to, wants an opportunity to prove it. He played his butt off last night. He definitely played his butt off last night. I'll I'll give it to him there. But I just, I could, I could see the Suns just taking over offensively and going at them again you can beat the milwaukee bucks if you force everybody else to beat you and there's there i think the the valley is deep enough that they could handle two other guys in in limiting them while still shutting down giannis yeah i think that's going to be the key if you can shut down giannis and leave and you know leave it up to completely chris middleton and that's where phoenix has the chance but like I said, I say Phoenix in six, man. So we'll see. Hopefully it's going to be a good one. Let's yeah. move on to the NFL a little bit. One of our favorite topics here. Of course, the big news in the NFL, probably from the past month and a half or what have maybe two months, whatever it has been, is coming out of Green Bay and Aaron being unhappy with the team, saying that he wants out of Green Bay. I mean, what does the organization, what do you do as an organization when you're future Hall of Fame QB you're the best player in your squad. His, the reigning MVP of the league says he does not want to actually play for your team anymore, Obed. I mean, this is probably what the 
one of the biggest predicaments that a team can be in. This is like saying if Drew Brees last year before didn't want to play for New Orleans anymore, or this is maybe going back three years and saying Tom Brady didn't want to play for the Patriots anymore, you know? This is, I mean, because Aaron Rodgers is probably always one of the best QBs I think we've ever seen. And now he wants out. Where does this leave them? Are they going to go with Jordan Love? I mean, but where where did you end of the end of the store end of the line? Obed, does Aaron Rodgers play in a Green Bay Packers uniform next season? I say yes, he does. Um, as much as Aaron is, you know, adamant about not playing for the Packers again, uh, or he says he doesn't want to, that doesn't mean that he will not. Right. It's not something he wants to do, but he has three years left on a contract and his team does not want to trade him. So he's either opting out his most opportune time to opt out. The NFL allows teams the last two years because of COVID that if a guy wants to opt out, he can opt out. No questions asked. And I think the minimum is like $350,000 if they get in, in, in Aaron's actual contract, he could have opted out and gotten 18.3 and never played a down for the Packers this year if he opted out by July 2nd. Mm. July 2nd came and passed. He did not opt out. There's actually photos of him working out that got research, that got uh, released over the weekend. Mm. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I think week one, first snap of the game, is playing for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do too because right now, who is going to trade for Aaron Rodgers with that contract and take on that take on that that huge contract that he has? John Elway, John Elway would do that shit. John Elway is <laughs> somewhere with his pants off right now, ready to go. <laughs> Dude, he because you know the Denver Broncos have been hurting for a QB for the last twenty seven million years ever since John Elway left the game. Okay. None, well, I mean, ever since Peyton Manning left the game. Oh, but. excuse me. Yes, even since Peyton Manning. Yes, yes, yes. He got, he did get but Peyton 100%. for four years. He got he had Peyton for four years, two Super Bowl appearances, one championship. But yeah, and they drafted they drafted a hundred and one hundred and twelve quarterbacks since then. Okay, and not 100%. one of them worked. Not one of them have worked out. Okay, the Brock Les monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness dude trevor simeon paxton lynch who knows where that guy you know he's he's probably he's probably selling selling uh, bogeys at the bodega right now i don't know but <laughs> but dude it's like this yeah denver is definitely a place where they need a qb but i just don't think the packers are going to w- give up their their hall of fame qb i just don't think they're going to do it and if he has to sit he has to sit whatever he's going to sit whatever it is i think at the end of the day he'll show up he's, he's still a professional and he, yeah, I'll agree with you. He's playing for the Green Bay Packers week one. So if I can say one thing, I, I will say that I thought there was a chance that he he would not play. I really did think there was a chance he would not play. And then I started hearing some former players say, nah, he wouldn't do that to his teammates. He wouldn't do that to his teammates. And I'm just like, what do you mean he wouldn't do that to his teammates? And they're like, well, if you look at their schedule, week one at New Orleans, week two, Detroit at home, week three, at San Fran, week four, Steelers at home, week five at the Bengals, week six at the Bears. I have a feeling that Bears game is at week six. I think if they let Trey, uh, uh, Justin Fields start, mm-hmm. we might be looking at a very dangerous Bears team with that defense. Mm-hmm. Then they play the football team week seven at home. Then they're on the road again to the Cardinals. Then they're on the road again to the Chiefs. Then they go home to play Seattle. If if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play for the Packers, the Packers are going to win five games this year. <laughs> Dude, 
They've got a rough, rough schedule this season. And he knows that. He knows that. Aaron Rodgers is aware that uh, Jordan Love sucks. He's not ready to play NFL football and may never be ready to play NFL football. Um, You know, that they brought in Blake Bortles, the garbage man. Mm. What? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You know, it's funny, and I'm looking at this schedule with you, Obed, for the Packers. If if he doesn't play, I don't even think they win five games. I think they maybe win four. You know, this is a rough looking schedule for the Packers. And without Aaron Rodgers, you got, you've got the chiefs on here. You've got the Seahawks, the Rams, you know, uh, man, this is a, this is going to be a rough, rough schedule for the Green Bay Packers. If Aaron Rodgers is not in uniform, I'm telling you, but I think he does play. I think he does yeah. play. So we'll see what happens there. Um, moving along. Another big topic we was talked about was done a couple of weeks ago was the trade of, of star studded wide receiver, Julio Jones from Atlanta to Tennessee. Now he teams up with uh, AJ Brown in, in, in a Titans uniform now, which is, I think, a dynamic duo. First of all, let me ask you, how much better will Ryan Tannehill perform now, now that he has such a stud wide receiver a pair on you know, Julio on one side and Brown on the other side? Because, man, that's just a lethal combination. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. You know, there's a lot to be said about Corey Davis, who left and whatever hundred-some-odd targets he had, uh, you know, to, to – fill the void left by uh, Corey Davis. If such a thing exists with Julio Jones is amazing. <laughs> that being said, this is still a run based offense. Uh, this is still a, and this is a better defense than Julio had in Atlanta. So, you know, those extra targets that, that make Julio Jones who Julio is are just not going to be there. Right. This, mm-hmm. the reason that I think this offense works is that they're not asking uh, Ryan Tannehill to throw for, for 4,000 yards every year. You know what I mean? Like he had a 70% completion. Ryan Tannehill had a 70% completion rate, uh, uh, rating, 2,700 yards and 22 touchdowns on six interceptions in 2019. Split some time, I think, behind Mariota on that one before he came in. Next year, followed it up with 65 and a half uh, completion percentage, 3,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, a 106 passer rating. Um, 33 touchdowns. Do we think Ryan Tannehill is a 40 touchdown guy? I mean, how much better can he actually with Julio get? Jones? I think he can be. I you think, think he so? can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think they can stretch the field so much more now. I mean, I just think it's just going to be a just. But who are they no, stretching no. the field with, right? Because apparently there's supposed to be 150 targets that are going to go to uh, to AJ Brown. AJ Brown is a AJ Brown who apparently had surgery on both his knees this summer. I don't know. I don't know why people are talking about him in fantasy circles, but uh, but you I know. just think that, the, that that threat is still there. But any and remember too, you still have Derrick Henry, so even you know he doesn't even really have to throw it. You know, yeah. Let's say we play action all day long. Right. That's what I'm saying. You know, I just think that that threat is there. Okay, yeah, yeah. because you have to, you still have to plan for it. The possibility of Tannehill throwing the ball fifty times a game. You still have to plan. You have to plan for the possibility of Derrick Henry running the ball thirty-five times a game. Okay, yeah. and that's why I think Tennessee is going to be a great offensive team next season. They were great defensively last year. I just think this adds it to the it makes it with like I said, Derrick Henry went over two thousand yards next, last season. Okay, yeah. AJ Brown had over a thousand yards receiving. Now you bring in a guy like Julio Jones, like I said, 50, 50 balls. He's coming down with them at least 97% of the time. You know what yeah. I mean? All yeah. he has to do is throw it up in the corner of the end zone. And it's a wrap, you know? Yeah. So that's what I mean. I think Tennessee is going to be very, ha, ha, will improve offensively. And I think Ryan Tannehill, I think he gets 4,000 yards next season. I think he, I think he gets somewhere between 35 to 40 touchdowns. 
Okay. Um, so and yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I do think he can improve. But again, of course, this is all barring any sort of injuries or anything like that, of course. Sure, yeah. But just in a perfect world, yeah, he's going he's going 4,000 yards and 35 to 40 touchdowns next season. And now and now they're going to be it's not a COVID season. There's going to be fans. A lot of those mm -hmm. stadiums that people mm -hmm. played in and it was quiet and they didn't have that that energy, that juice right. is now going to be there. You know, I, I look at Tannehill in the past. Anytime he's eclipsed his high as far as a uh touchdown touchdown uh, uh passing touchdowns mm. he's then regressed so like you know i would say he could get to 30 touchdowns with maybe less interceptions um but you know that's all dependent on injury and how much they want to throw if you think mm. the defense is great he doesn't need to throw more right like mm. if, if anything i think julio is there for those big games where like they're gonna have to pass again this their wide receiver grouping is him aj brown and Josh Reynolds. So you're assuming that most of the work is going to go to mm -hmm. Julio and AJ Brown. Mm -hmm. You know, if if Julio's got 1400 yards in him and 10 touchdowns, so be it. I will. I don't know who the defense is going to key on, but I feel like you key on him. I think Tannehill is going to improve, though. Especially, I mean, this was his best season of his entire career so far. I mean, as far as Pat touchdowns are concerned, he threw, he has thrown for 4,000 yards twice in his career with Miami, you know, over 3,900 yards once as well, too. I mean, but again, granted, that in Miami, you had a lackluster offensive, you know, all offensive weapons there, not like he has here now. But I think, you know, this is definitely one of his better, his, his better seasons, you know, as far as he set our, I think it was a record for his, his QBR. Um, but man, I, just, I really do think he will improve um, this season with now with adding Julio Jones in there. Tennessee is going to feel to be a formidable team to watch out for in the AFC, of course. Yeah. Um, now, but now as we're talking about these, this pair and AJ Brown and Julio Jones, it made me think about what are some of the other big, big name wide receiver groups they have in the NFL. And is this the best business is the best duo? I mean, you have to think about in Arizona, you got DeAndre Hopkins and now teaming up with AJ Green in Tampa Bay. You've got, you got a three headed monster, AB, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cincinnati. I think you were talking about off air Higgins, Boyd, and the new rookie Jamar Chase. Yeah. Now look at the Cowboys, uh, Mari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb and Gallup there. What do you, who do you think is who has the best wide receiver group right now in the NFL? I mean, it's just the, the problem is these we've named these ones and there are so many others, right? Like the Bills just signed Emmanuel Sanders. That is a crisp route runner who has some juice left to add to it. If he plays the John Brown role, that's a very tough wide receiver grouping because Cole Beasley almost had a thousand yards, mm -hmm. very quiet workman. Mm -hmm. And Stefan Diggs, Diggs. Is, just seems to be uncoverable one on one, right? So like that, those mm -hmm. guys can go out there and get it every single day. Um, I mean, I, I kind of want to give the edge to the Cowboys, because I mean, when you're, I never, I never look at, I think Amari Cooper is not good. Um, I think he never lived up to the billing of being the next Julio because he came out after Julio. And I don't think he's, I don't think he's as good as Calvin Ridley is, right? He's somewhere in between the two of those guys, maybe, okay. but I don't think, I don't, maybe a, a shade behind Calvin Ridley, but, and Henry Ruggs hasn't done anything, but um, I, I just don't really like Amari Cooper as your wide receiver one, but when your wide receiver two is CD lamb and your wide receiver three is Michael Gallup, mm -hmm. you got, you can attack. If you can attack all three uh, sections of the field, low, medium, high, and be able to take big shots downfield. That's deadly, you know, with yeah. the arm, arm cannon and legs like uh, Dak Prescott. Again, these wide receiver groupings are great, but they only come together when the quarterback can, can actually manage having keep all these mouths fed. Mm -hmm. I think there's it's two other things we have to talk. Well, actually, three other teams we have to mention in Minnesota with uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Mm -hmm. I think Kansas City 
um, with uh, Tyreek Hill and even also Travis Kelsey. He is a tight end. I get it, but he's pretty much a wide receiver threat. I think we have to mention yeah. that as well. Yeah. And even also Cleveland with OBJ and Jarvis Landry, dude, and Rashad, Rashad Higgins. That is, you know what I mean? If, oh, my oh, I know it was hurt. I get that. Yeah. But the physically, well, he, healthy. he hasn't looked like OBJ in years. OBJ hasn't looked like the OBJ, even, even his few years at the end of uh, – the, his Giants career. Mm-hmm. Now that might be attributed to Eli Manning falling off the planet. Um, and like, <laughs> you know, OBJ having to throw his own touchdowns to uh, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> right, um, right. But, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't performed as the OBJ that we talk about where you're like, oh, you're drafting this guy in the third, fourth round of your league. And you're like, oh my God, I got to steal. I was like, I don't know. Is he going to play the full season? Is he going to be targeted again? Another run first offense where I don't care what anybody says. They were better without obj they were 100 on a soft schedule too they were better without obj that offense just you can key it better right they're running so like again another guy who's not going to get the amount of volume that he saw when he was the the alpha in the new york giants so like what are you really getting but i mean there's just so many good ones out there i mean there me i mean yeah you got to look at dallas i think for sure buffalo i mean of course i'm gonna be biased towards buffalo but yeah i mean to be honest I think it might be Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins has been playing lights out. And now if AJ Green is 100% healthy with a young up and coming QB like Kyler Murray, I think he's going to light the roof on fire this upcoming season. You know, Arizona is a team on the rise. You know, we picked, you know, they picked up JJ Watt on the defensive side. So I think, and I think they're going with Cliff Cliff Kingsbury leading that, leading that, um, that offensive prowess, you know, him there. I think I think Arizona. I think with Antonio Hopkins and Adrian Green, they might be the best wide receiver duo in the in the NFL right now. Yeah, they want to you know, and they want to go four wide there. So you know, Rondale Moore, I believe, is going to be starting over there, and then they also have Christian Kirk, right? And nobody's mm-hmm. really talking about that, but there is a there chance. For, he's there. There's a chance for AJ Green to do to make some moves because, again, as a defense, how are you keen? who are you covering, right? Like it, it's, if there's that much space, Kyler Murray's going to take off. If you're, if you come down and try to, you're going to be, AJ Green was still catching a, de- all right. Well, he did, he had a decent target share. His average depth of target was terrible last year. Mm. Um, but mm. I think going inside, being in the dome, you know, playing most mm-hmm. of his games there, good weather. I think this hey, is right. going to, work out really well for him yeah i think so too so we'll see how that goes last but not least so bet i wanted to talk about something quickly before we end the show here the, the washington football team as we know has been a place of turmoil for quite some time now they were recently just fine by the nfl but 10 million dollars after the investigation into the workplace culture um we all know that some of the stories that have been out there in the past i mean i feel like a lot of people feel like they got off easy i'm not sure if you agree with that but i mean really is Dan Snyder still the problem to me? I've said this before openly on this show before he is one of the worst owners in sports. Um, there are, I know people who can tell stories about how awful, how degrading Dan Snyder can be to people. Um, and I think until he is removed from the organization, sells off the team, you know, his wife's going to be pretty much running, I believe the day-to-day operations. He's kind of focusing on some other areas, I believe they stated, yeah. but until he's out completely, I think he will have, continuous controversy with the with the Washington football team agreed I think he's the problem I think he's been the problem since he showed up um I think he's been running this thing like you know 
Washington football team fanboy turned owner. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, it shows, I mean, the kind of big money contracts he gave to dudes that were on their way out and the Bruce Smiths and the Jason Taylors and uh, the um, Deion Sanders and, you know, all these guys that just came here and flamed out that it, it's to me. Um, and in Don, the pro- Don McNabs. Don McNabs. And in the, in the process, uh, alienating all of these good, kind, regular people and to create a cesspool of a workplace environment that I know that uh, Ron Rivera doesn't want to deal with. Ron Rivera is building these, the Carolina Panthers in Washington right now. And they look like, spoiler alert, the Washington football team is probably going to win 11 games this season. And they may very well win the division hmm. uh, two years back to back. And Ron Rivera is like, get this clown out of my face. I don't care if he owns a team. We have a chance to do something special here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Ron Rivera is doing things the right way himself. I mean, yeah. I still think there's kind of suspect the QB position. They picked up veteran Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's probably played for 57 teams in the NFL, and even though there's only exactly. 32. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I still don't think they're they're solidified at the wide receiver position. Um, I like their tight end, Logan, Logan Thomas. Um, defensively, they have one of the better defenses in the year, highlighted by rookie Chase Young last season, of course. But, yeah, I mean, Dan Snyder, he has to go. I think somehow the NFL needs to find a way to force him out if, it, if, if, if this – this turmoil and this tumultuous culture continues within the organization. I mean, there are stories of over 40 or something former employees who can just, who can attest to this and just say that it was just just a bad environment, you know, it wasn't a good look, you know what I mean? It goes back to even back when the cheerleaders were complaining about it, you know, um, different assistants, his assistants were complaining about it and it still has been going on. And he comes out and tries to say he didn't know, he didn't know the, the full extent of the, of the issue. He didn't realize that the, the, the amount of difficulties people were facing. I think it's just a BS PC, yeah. PC answer, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I, quite frankly, he just needs, he just needs to sell the team. They need to somehow the, the NFL needs to force him to sell the team. Yeah, that's a good old boy network that has protected him, though. That's the good old boy network of the NFL has protected him to say, okay, well, you step back and then put your wife in charge and we'll have her at all the meetings representing uh, the Washington football team. Then we can bring in some individuals from minority groups to man your, you know, anti-discrimination claims, anti, uh, you know, uh, your be or inclusion uh, as professionals uh, and then he disappears into the background continuing to do the same things that he's done before continuing to act the same way that he acted before and it's just a slap on the 10 million dollars 10 million dollars is nothing so drop in the bucket if the ncaa is making you know 18.6 billion dollars on, on sports uh how much money is the nfl making in total off of football at the professional level with all of the endorsements they can sign all the ways that they can market things all the ways that they can they can funnel money in uh that you gave 10 million dollars that's like 10 bucks to, uh, to us okay easily it's easily easily yeah it's a shame that it can't it's come down to this you know but i mean like i said i'll keep my i'll keep my stance the way it is dan snyder needs to go and, th- and that's it i was what no what we'll, we'll leave it at that obed because nothing's going to change you said it's the good old boy network they're going to protect their own just have that just like they've always had um it's funny because i was watching an episode of hbo's the shop the other day uh and how the nfl LeBron James was talking, I think it was an older episode and LeBron James was talking about how the NFL runs so many things in the NBA. They're open. They, they love when their players stand up and speak out and, you know what I mean? And speak their mind and whether it's from protesting or whether it's in, on social justice, whether it's on 
um, bullying or sexual assault, whatever the case, whatever the topic may be, is they love it. But the NFL tries to shut shut that crap down or at, from from a, from a, immediately from their standpoint because they don't want it. They want to be up in front in front of everybody. They don't want the players to speak out. You know what I mean? It's like you said, that good old boy network. That's, that's that lack of lack of a better term. That slave mentality. You know, hundred percent. You know. 100%. And it's and it's just and it's just ridiculous. And, and until Roger Goodell kind of, you know, pulls pulls his skirt down and just you know steps his game up and just you know to to speak out, it's just going to continue to happen. Yeah, I wonder, um, you know, because you look at Adam Silver and the things that have happened in the NBA, you know, the next and and I and trust me, I'm sure if they could have found someone who would have towed the line for the teams over the players, they would have absolutely tried to put him in that position. But I think with basketball what's happening is that mentality has retreated to the to the minors to, to college basketball and doesn't really exist at the pro level. So the kinds of things that coaches are able to get away with and organizations are able to get away with the college level can't exist anymore at the pro level. Mm -hmm. It does that happen for NFL. Does the next guy, are they trying to aggressively find their next good old boy to put in Goodell's seat versus somebody who's going to come in and be far more progressive, be far more understanding of the pro the, the issues, you know, if they, these players are after are the pre uh, unanimous decision of the of the Supreme Court, you know, uh, uh, grouping. Mm. The next ones after it are going to have a certain ideology of their value, and if the person who's leading the charge isn't respectful of that and understanding of that, it could hurt the pocketbooks because it hurts the brand. Mm-hmm. Well, well said, Obey. Well said. You know what? And we'll leave it at that, there, folks. Oh my goodness! Thank you so much for tuning in once again. I mean, this has been a fantastic. I'm so glad to be back on the air with you, old Ben. And it's been a long time coming. Took some time off, but hey, we're back, folks. We'll be coming at you with new episodes uh, as much as possible here coming up. And then this, this second half of 2021. Looking forward to it. Things are kind of dying down. Things are starting to open up. Anything you're looking forward to this second half of 2021, old Ben? Man, second half of 2021. I mean, I'm kind of excited for uh, a real season of sports hopefully this delta variant doesn't get as crazy i mean we're uh, you know, people are out and about spreading their legs you know getting used to new spaces new faces new places and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i want to i'm looking forward to seeing people getting back to being people again right mm-hmm. you know, wait I, did you just say spreading your legs or stretching their legs stretching the legs stretching their legs <laughs> whoa, whoa, hey. we, were, we, we were going whoa, whoa, on a different whoa. path there for a second folks <laughs> hey watch out now make sure and make sure while you are stretching those legs make sure you use protection at all times <laughs> You guys passing the gift around. Okay, Okay, we are not advocating just utter... Uh, hey, accidents, if you don't want to do it, you know, touch, yourself, touch a friend. I don't know. Whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. You know what? I'm not even going to touch on that anymore. I see, now you may touch on it. See, now you may so, make me... Hi-oh. hi-oh. Somebody, somebody so, start the outro music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's, 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 get, let's get off the airways before we get fined, okay? Oh, my goodness. Uh, folks, thank you so much for tuning in once again, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. We appreciate it. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at DWWENT4OBED. I am sure, and we will catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.